Blog Talk Radio. Cyberspace, Radio Land, wherever you may find yourself at this given point in time, and you're hearing the sound of my voice. I am Elder Coilette James. You have tuned into the It's Real Radio broadcast, where we deal with real talk on real issues. And we are so, so excited to have you joining us today, be it morning, noon, or night, whatever time you're hearing this broadcast. Our prayer, as always, is that it will encourage you on your journey through life. My beautiful co-host is with me today. Miss Tanya Roberts, how are you? I am awesome, and it's just so blessed just to be alive another day. And, Elder, I'm so grateful as I am to enter into this realm of another day. Thank you so much. Amen. Amen. It is definitely the day that the Lord has made, and we give him praise, glory, and honor to be a part of it. You know, Tanya, you and I talk quite often on the show about what a blessing it is just to breathe, just to know that we have life yet another day and another opportunity for God to use us. So it's an exciting time. No matter what stage of life you're in, it's all about your perception of where you're at and what you're going through. And when you get to that place of praise, no matter what, praise is your weapon of choice, you can appreciate and really, really relish in the things that God is doing in your life. So again, we are excited to have you, and we are super, super excited today because we have a very, very special guest that is going to join us today and talk to us and share her her wealth of knowledge and wisdom. It's always wonderful when you can talk to people that have walked through situations that you may be encountering or you may have coming up in your life. You know, you may not be in the midst of it now, but it may be something coming up. Um, But it's always wonderful that God will place people in our path to speak a word of wisdom to us because they've walked where we need to go. So our guest today is Elder Martha Ray. Now, before I let her say hello, I got to tell you a little secret about Mother Martha Ray. Um, she is actually Tanya's biological mom and my spiritual mom. And so needless to say, we are really, really happy to have her on board. Good morning, Mother Ray. Praise the Lord. Good morning to you guys. And it is such an honor to have been asked to be here today with both of you because, like you say, Tam is my biological daughter and you are my spiritual daughter. But all the time, blood does not make a child be a parent. Amen. And to a parent. So I consider you my daughter also, you know. But thank you so much for asking me. And God bless both of you. Amen. 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 Well, like I said, we are really super excited to have you on the show. Now, um, we have been dealing with with a topic of influence, and God has me in this vein of becoming a kingdom influencer. We've talked many times um, about being an influence in the lives of others, but to distinguish the difference in just being someone who influences someone's life, um, rather being a kingdom influencer, excuse me, 
all deals with where we are in God. <clears throat> Excuse me. And the fact that um, there is there are many ways to influence people's lives. And um, I, I've said this, I think it was week before last when we were on the show, that you can influence a person's life to the good or to the bad. And my example of that is of a negative influence in people's lives. We have young men today, and now we got young ladies doing the same thing, unfortunately. But they're running around with their pants hanging below their butt, and their M underwear is showing, and just all kind of vulgarities coming out of their mouths and what have you. And they've been influenced to do that. They think that, you know, it's really cool to sag, is how they call with their pants under their butt. But that's because someone has influenced their life to make them think that it's cool. That's a negative influence. You have positive influences in life um, just to influence you to try and be a better person and what have you. But a kingdom influencer, a kingdom influencer is someone that has been brought alongside to influence your life by God on assignment to speak into your life so that you can see clearer who God is in your life and what you've been called to in your purpose in life. Now, Mother, you have taken on a position um, at Kingdom Family International Church. We're really excited. We just changed the name of the church. But anyway, at Kingdom Family International Church, you are in a position of eldership and of motherhood in the church. You you are definitely a, a very, very positive influence in the church. However, because you and I have talked, you've not always been in that position. So I kind of would like for you to share um, with the audience where you started at as far as, you know, your your um exposure to ministry through your husband to get to the place where you are now where you do sit at the seat of authority and influence. It would be my honor to share with you guys and I've talked with you uh with everyone. I would like to share with everyone and I've spoken with you I with a class one time that I was given um facilitating and I mentioned that I haven't always been where I am. I had my mm-hmm. doubts and I had my uh, rejections of what the Lord had in store for me because it had to have been the Lord that has brought me this far. And I rejected mm-hmm. it. I didn't always want to be where I am and sometimes still don't if we want to keep it real because Amen. it's a big responsibility. Uh, as my husband was a deacon, and I had gotten quite comfortable in that position of being a deacon's wife, I felt pretty sure of where I was with what I was supposed to do in support of his ministry. And I say his ministry, and it was both about a ministry, but like, you know, I told you one time, Elder Colette, that uh, when he told me that he was, you know, they wanted him to go on the deacon board. I said, I say, well, okay, I think I may, might be able to handle that. And um, then he came and said, I've been called into the ministry. I said, oh, my God. I said, are you sure? You know, I say, uh, what does that mean? You know, because you can get so comfortable in positions in certain places Mm -hmm. that you don't try Mm -hmm. to advance anywhere else. You want to stay where you are in your comfort zone. And Mm -hmm. uh, first thing I told him when he told me that he had been called to the ministry, I told him, okay, let's just get one thing straight. Uh, (laughs) God called you, not me. Okay. And uh, (laughs) he he just looked at me and he said, okay, just like that. And I, t- I share that with people because no nobody has coveted, uh, I should say, I don't think anybody in their right mind have coveted that position of being a minister and then going on mm-hmm. to be a pastor. Everyone that mm-hmm. I've ever talked to in those positions have always said, this is not something that I coveted. Because it is a big responsibility being responsible 
for people's lives. And you are the under-shepherd. God is the shepherd. You are the under-shepherd, and you should be getting your uh, directions from God. And the wife Mm -hmm. is the helpmeet to the husband, and she is now stepping into a role of a pastor's wife. And Mm -hmm. the thing is, I didn't feel comfortable with it. I wasn't comfortable mm. with that. I I knew where I was in Christ for the most part, but I had seen other pastors' wives, the examples that were set before me to see what mm. was expected of them, and I wasn't sure I could live up to that responsibility. And mm. I wasn't sure I wanted to live up to that responsibility. <laughs> I, so I didn't Let's keep it real. You know, I wasn't sure because I wasn't sure if, uh, you know, at that time I was saved, but I had a terrible temper. I didn't like, I didn't like people demanding anything out of me. And, uh, and I thank God for my husband because he was so Mm. patient with me. And finally the Holy Spirit led me to go to him and say, okay, just what do you expect out of me? I know my role, the, Lord, the Bible says I'm your help me. I'm supposed mm-hmm. to help you, support you. But not only am I supposed to support his ministry, God had given me a ministry of my own whether I accepted it or not. Wow. So when I asked him what did he expect out of me, he said, I expect for you to do whatever you're comfortable with, whatever you feel the Lord is leading you to do. We are in this together, but I am the preacher, you know. So with Mm -hmm. that in mind, that started the dialogue between us. And I've never wanted to do anything that would jeopardize my relationship with God, first of all. And I didn't want to do anything to jeopardize my relationship with my husband. And, Mm -hmm. uh, And me being rebellious, and that's what that's what it was. I was being rebellious that I was I was not going to be no pastor's wife, mm. you know. And uh, but God said not so, you know. You'll do what I say do, if you call yourself my child and my servant. Mm. And that's what the, that's what it is. Servant, you are a servant, whether you want to admit it or not. That's just the you know brief. one thing you said, Amen. One thing you said that is key. You said that you knew who you were in God, but that did not hinder you from knowing what you didn't want to do. Even though you had a relationship with God, this wasn't like you did not have a relationship with God. You had a relationship with God, but still you in the natural did not want to take on the responsibility of ministry. That's important, Mother. That's really important because I think a lot of people wrestle with that. They really yes. do. And if we you are know, honest with ourselves, you... I'm sorry. No, no, go ahead. Go ahead. You you were going where I was at headed, so go ahead. <laughs> okay. Uh, praise the Lord. Uh, if we are honest with ourselves, you know, uh, there's a lot of stipulations and a lot of things that uh, church people put on pastors' wives. Mm-hmm. Some of them wear mm-hmm. it well. Some of them wear it well. I was not mm-hmm. one of those people. Um, <laughs> I I love people, but I don't like uh, being forced to do something. I'm one of those people that believe that if you ask me to do something, and I don't use let me pray about it as a as a cop out. Of course, I truly <laughs> yeah. go to God. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. No, you were saying you were looking for a word. I was like a crutch because so many people yeah, use that. And that's Let me what pray it is. about it. It's just, yeah, it's just a crutch because yeah, exactly. they're not going to pray about crutch. it. They already know they, they don't want to do it. They just, it just sounds good. Yeah, and that gives them some time to come up with a good enough excuse to say no. Okay, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and I can mm-hmm. say that. And without any hesitation, because I've been there, you know, 
Mm-hmm. And I had one mother of my church back in California. She, the time my husband went into the ministry, she came to me and she said, Sister Ray, I want to ask you, will you do such and such? I said, no. And she says, and she came up another time, several times, and I said, no. And she says, could I ask you a question? I said, you sure can. She says, do you know anything other than no? I said, not really, no. You know, I say, you have to realize, you know, I have to make sure that this is the the area where God wants me. I can't let anybody put me in a box because that's the way they feel like a pastor's, a minister's mm-hmm. wife at the time. He was not a pastor. He was an assistant mm-hmm. to the pastor. And I said, I can't let anyone put me in a box because they think that's what I should be doing. And, I, mm. and if I don't have God leading me and guiding me in what I've been asked to do, then I'm going to fail at it because I can't do it on yeah. my own. I can't mm. do it on my own. So now we're, let, let me ask you a question. So your husband who became a pastor and was a pastor for many years, but at that point where he said to you, um, just do what you're comfortable with, how did you – um, start your transition into knowing your place, what what was comfortable for you in walking with God. How did you make that that transition into being that pastor's wife that you felt God was calling you to be? I um, It took time, and it took a lot of mm-hmm. prayer, and it took a lot of studying God's word. And the more I studied God's word, the more... I can't tell you an exact time, date, hour, like some people can say. All I know is mm-hmm. that one one moment I was rebellious, and I'm using that very loosely because I, that's what I was. I was very mm-hmm. rebellious as to what I should do. And since he had given me this out saying, do what you're comfortable with, which probably wasn't a good idea mm-hmm. for me, uh, because I took it literally, I don't, I'm not comfortable. I'm not comfortable with this, mm-hmm. you know. And um, so mm-hmm. I can't tell you an exact time, but I do know it happened in the process of me learning more about God, even though I knew who God was. I had mm-hmm. a, a knowledge of him, but I didn't have a real relationship with him. And when I got mm-hmm. to the point where I was being convicted by things that I was saying and things that I was doing. And I knew that God was working on me saying, you know, that is not right. And it's time for you to get it together, basically, you know, and Mm -hmm. I start venturing out, you know, and I go to my husband and I say, we got a program coming up. Can I work with the program? You know, do that because I believe in order mm-hmm. also. I was not mm-hmm. the pastor. My husband was. Mm-hmm. And I didn't do mm-hmm. anything just because I was his wife. I didn't try to mm-hmm. run the church. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I, I knew my place, for lack of a better way to put it. So I always go to him and say, he said, and this is what he would say to me. Are you comfortable doing that? And I say, yes, I think mm-hmm. I am. He said, go for it. If you need any help, let mm-hmm. me know. And that's mm-hmm. how I kind of build up my confidence that I could do something. But my thing was, it was never about what I want. I wanted the confidence to know that I could do it. But I, I'm an encourager, and I believe that's one of the gifts mm-hmm. God has given me. And I would get the person that I would say, won't you be in charge of this program, and I'll help you with it. I wanted them to mm-hmm. get the accolades or whatever supposed was being given mm-hmm. for that and to mm-hmm. build up their confidence because it was also building up my confidence. Mm-hmm. And I just, mm-hmm. and I just, uh, it just, it came about, it, like, it wasn't an overnight thing. All I know is that I'm better than now than I used to be. You know what I mean? And I'm still not mm-hmm. where I would like to be. I'm still not because oh, I don't oh, like man. being in the forefront. But I, but the more we have a pastor that pushes us and encourages us mm-hmm. to do this, you know, and mm-hmm. with him and both of them being there to say you can do this, 
you have a tendency to say, by the grace of God, I can do this. And now I've got my pastor yeah. on my side. I can do this. And I've been really blessed with the sisters and brothers in our church with the respect and the honor that they give me. They, mm. are, you know, they're receptive to me. You know what I'm mm. saying? And Absolutely. I don't take that lightly or take it for granted either. Amen. Amen. We've talked um, many times on the show about our roles in life, in this life, being generational. Um, how, just give some, a, somewhat of insight to um, say some of the, the women of today that may have transitioned into that place of grandmother or, you know, or into that age group, that over 60, 70 age group, give some insight to some of them who may be struggling with their usefulness at this stage of their life as influencing someone else's life. I think, first of all, you have to know who you are. You have to be comfortable in mm-hmm. your skin. And, it, mm-hmm. and you have to also realize that it's really not about me, myself, and I. If God has given you a gift, then you are to use that gift not only to enhance your spirituality, but to help someone else along the way. You should mm-hmm. never think, uh, I like that scripture about you shouldn't think more highly of yourself than you ought to. I, I believe it or not, I'm a very introvert. I'm a, I'm a very, I'm very introverted. I, um, mm. but I, I got, I get myself to a point where I, I, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. And then I say, but my Bible tells me that I can do all things through Christ. So I would say yes. to the person that is feeling less than, or uh, they can't do this, or they don't want to do this, or they don't not comfortable with this. I was blessed in my life to have very good mentors. Mm. Uh, I remember when my husband did his first sermon, his trial sermon. It was the, called the A Team. I was sitting there, and my pastor's wife was on the end, and it was two people between us, and pretty soon I got this note passed to me. And she saw how nervous I was. And this lady was such a mentor, I mean, I mean, really. And she passed this note to me, and all it said on there was, it is well. Wow. And it just seemed mm. to have just relaxed me. And mm. so coming down through times, but you also, I've had other mentors that has been there that was godly women that taught me how I should act. And then I've had people in my life that has taught me how I shouldn't act. So you mm-hmm. have to take everything and put it all in a mold. You take what mm-hmm. will work for you, what will enhance your relationship with Christ, because the bottom line is if it doesn't, Glorify God, you shouldn't be doing it. That's key right there. Uh, I came back to Las Vegas. after My husband and I retired in California. We started a work there, and God blessed, and I did a lot of teaching, and I, I, had, I found that my ministry was with the women of the church. And uh, I did mm-hmm. a lot of teaching there, and they was very receptive to that. And then we retired, you know, we left California because you never retire from God's work. We moved mm-hmm. to Alabama and uh, we was uh, planning uh, a quiet retirement and he got called to a church there to be the pastor, but he said, I'll do it as an interim. And uh, so God, and then after you, when you get another pastor, I'm going to step down. But God always put things in your life for a reason and a season. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. the very things that I felt very uncomfortable with, those are the things that God would always put in my path. And the scripture that always stuck with me was when he told Joshua, as I was with Moses, I'll be with you. And mm-hmm. if he was with Joshua, then I knew he, he would be with me because what he did back then, he's doing the same things today if we'll just accept it. 
So uh, I hope I hope that answered your question, but uh, my husband passed away and I came back here because all of my children live here, most all mm-hmm. of them. And uh, mm-hmm. I was trying to decide on a church. And I used to belong to, it was New Bethany. It was Bethany at mm-hmm. that time under the mm-hmm. elder Atkinson. And I was a member then, and we left, and I came back, and I said, well, Lord, I need a church home. I really need a church home. I said, so I'm going to depend on you to lead me where you want me to be, because I need somebody that's going to preach the word, unadulterated word, going to tell the truth whether it hurt or not. Mm-hmm. And that's the kind of teachings that I'm used to. I said, well, if I get a home in this area of town, I'm going to go back to to Bethany. And if I get a home on that side of town, I'll go to another church. And mm-hmm. every time I put in for a house in that area of town, Henderson, to be exact, somebody would outbid me on it. Mm-hmm. And then I found uh, this house, my realtor found this house that I was living in, and my daughter went and looked at it, and she said, I think you'll really like it, you know? And it just mm-hmm. went through, bam, bam, bam. And my criteria has wow. always been, Lord, if this is in your will, make the path mm-hmm. straight and smooth. If it's Amen. not, put obstacles in my way. And that's the way I try mm-hmm. to live my life. Mm-hmm. And, and sure enough, that house I got, and I went back to Bethany, and it's one, been one of the most rewarding and blessed things that I could have ever done in my life because mm-hmm. I have mentors there too that it's that's God sent, you know? Yes, it, it is definitely a blessed house. Okay, I want to ask yeah. you a question because you've had opportunity to see the transition in your mother's life. And because we're talking about influencers, how has her transition over the years influenced you as her daughter? Wow, let me just say this. It was a a time in my life that I was going through. And when you're young and you get a certain age, you don't feel like you need a mother. You feel like you know it all. And then mm-hmm. at a certain point in your life, as you become an adult and you have kids of your own, you realize you need a mother. And I thank mm-hmm. God because I remember the time where my mother and my father showed up one day at my grandmother's house. And she looked at him and she said, wow. She said, mm, James, the Lord showed me you're going to be a minister. And he started laughing. And he said, if God can make me a minister... He can make anybody a minister. And that's what he became. And I just thank God because I look at my mother now and I can call my mom anytime and I can talk to her on the phone and I thank God for the spiritual advice. But I also thank God because when I speak to her or when I tell her something divine in my spirit and my heart, she listens. And then she gives me what God has given her. So I believe that God is a repairer of the breach that was lost. And I believe that even though I had to lose my father, he was my stepfather, but let me just say this. I always said this to everybody. He was my father. Though he had to sacrifice and God took his life, he gave us something much greater, and that was his spirit, what God had given him to transition to my mother. And a greater mother that I've always wanted, and I always looked at her to be. She's become just that to me. Amen. Amen. We don't um, really understand the impact that we have on the lives of those that are most closest to us most of the time. Um, We tend to overlook the fact that God has given gifts in our children, in our spouses, um, in those that are grandchildren, those that are the closest to us. God, the word of God says that that children are a gift from God um, and blesses the man whose quiver is full. We look at that, but we, we 
don't really take it to heart. And I think that the fact that the word also, the, the only promise, the only commandment with promise in the word of God is to honor your mother and your father. So therefore God has, has spoken to the parents and told the parent, you know, even not to, to provoke your child to wrath and, but yet and still, um, you know, don't spare the rod. I mean, there's like this fine line that a parent has to walk. And likewise with a child, you know, there is that, you know, honor your mother and your father that your days may be long. Um, and it doesn't say, you know, just, and I'm saying this to the people out there, it doesn't just say if they're good or bad, it says to honor them. And I think that we miss the opportunity as parents and as children to honor God in our relationship with our parents. And as I said a moment ago, that this influence thing is a generational thing. So it's like, Mother Ray, you had to walk through your transition. And like you said, it was a process that took time. It wasn't just mm-hmm. overnight, like, okay, you know, your husband says, well, yeah, I am called to the ministry, and then next, you know, I'm going to be a pastor, and you're going, oh, okay, that's wonderful, <laughs> okay? It was a transition <laughs> and a process that you had to go through. I think so often we, we don't want to walk through the process. We want to negate the process. Likewise, you know, like you just said, Tanya, you know, you had times when you thought you were grown. You didn't need a mother. You could do your thing and what have you. But over time and going through the process, you've come to learn the value of having your mother. So I think that what the point that I'm trying to make here is that influence is a two-way street, number one. We each have something that we can impart into the lives of someone else, okay? We never get too old to receive or too young to receive. We have to keep that in mind, but it's so vital that we're willing to walk through the process, that we don't shut ourselves off, we don't shut ourselves down. Like you said, Mother, you may be an introvert, but you have such a wealth of wisdom and knowledge that you impart into us that we would never know that you were an introvert because God uses you so mightily to pour yourself out into us. So it's like, you know, that may be your nature to be an introvert, but God uses you as an extrovert to pour out his spirit into the lives of others. So it's an awesome thing. Um, and, And again, we cannot negate the process. We can't. It's part of how we are shaped and molded to become who we become and to be used of God. God has great things for us. He's, and, and, you know, this is one of my, my soapbox things that I preach all the time is about the greatness that God has placed within each of us, within each of us. And we've got to get to a place of recognizing that greatness. Mother, we were in, in Women of Glory yesterday, and you were talking, and I would like for you to share a little bit about your another transition you made from the place of, Lord, I'm not worthy, to the place of, God, you made me worthy. Yes, and uh, and, and I, I'm going to retract just a little bit, rewind a little bit back to what you were saying. We as parents, the Bible has strict instructions on the children are to obey your parents and in the Lord, you know. And it didn't say mm-hmm. if they are this or if they are that. But also right. it goes on to say, parents, don't provoke your kids, you know, your children. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, uh, mm-hmm. you know, we, ha- we, we all have a responsibility to Amen. do what the Lord say do. We are to love each other. And loving your child does not mean giving them everything they want. Loving Amen. your child means being a mom to them. And my kids, mm-hmm. I think my children and I have a really pretty good relationship and uh, I don't try to live their lives for them but I do believe in telling them the truth and I do believe if they Mm -hmm. are doing something that is contrary to what God would mandate that they do uh, uh, conduct themselves like they're supposed to be conducting themselves I have a responsibility as their mother to tell them the truth and uh, I uh, 
And you're absolutely right. Uh, I, I, I had to cover that, but I, you said to tell uh, oh, about. I used to say to make this statement. Uh, I, I pray and I say, Lord, I know I'm not worthy. Hmm. And then I was convicted. Christ died to make me worthy. Hmm. And when God looked at me, he don't see me. He see his son, Jesus. Mm-hmm. And and that's where I had to come to. It took a, a, a some transition there also because we are our worst critics on what I used to be, what I used mm-hmm. to do, what I've done in the past. And God say mm-hmm. he, he if you come to him and ask, he will forgive you. And we just have to forgive ourselves. And it took me a mm-hmm. long time to forgive myself. Because I haven't always been in the church. I was raised in the church, but I haven't always lived a life that was pleasing to God. I've done some things. We all got some used to. Amen. You know what Amen. I mean? Yes, and, uh, yes, and But thanks be to God that who, who causes us to triumph, and I thank mm. him for the triumph, you know, that, I, that I'm not mm-hmm. where I should be, but I'm not what I used to be. You know, and Amen. you have to realize that we have some uh, opportunities, great opportunities that the Lord gives us. And we also have some challenges. And some of our mm-hmm. biggest challenges of not accepting those opportunities that Christ has made available to us is not forgiving ourselves. Mm-hmm. God has forgiven us. He said, by, it's when Jesus died on Calvary, he said, by his stripes, we are healed, we are delivered. And that's why I, I think I covered that yesterday in the class also. I say, you know, God, we don't mm-hmm. get victory. God gets the victory. He Amen. gives us deliverance. And he allows us to possess what he has in store for us. Mm-hmm. So, you know, me and my girls and my sons have... I have seven children, you know, and uh, I have, I've had my ups and downs with them. You know what I mean? And they, we haven't, none of us have always done what we should have done, but you Mm -hmm. should never feel like it's below you or that you are above going to your child. If you feel like that you've done something that would cause them to stumble, to go to them and say, I apologize. Because nobody is given this manual when you have children to say, raise your child this way, this way, and this way. But the manual that we have to go by is the word of God. And if you don't know who God is, you don't have anywhere to go. Mm. That's so true. That is so true. That's real. Um, and, and, And what you said about, you know, God's forgiveness is key as well. We cannot be influencers in other people's lives if stuck in our past, if we're stuck yes. in our own hurt, in our own pain. We can't, you know, because a hurt person will hurt you, <laughs> seriously. Um, I've that. been there. I, I've walked through years of bitterness because I had been hurt. So because I had been hurt and I was in an embittered state, um, prior to giving my life to the Lord, I, I didn't care what I said to you, and I really didn't care how it affected you, you know, and and felt, literally felt I had the right to feel that way and to act that way because of what had been done to me. And we, you know, and so in in progression and going through the process and understanding just because somebody has hurt you does not give you the right. I said this, um, I think a couple of weeks ago I was teaching, I think it was Solid Foundation class or, or one of them. Anyway, but it's like, why would you project onto your child or your spouse or your friend what or your coworker what has been done to you if you know how it made you feel when it was done to you? Why would you, in turn, do the same thing to somebody else that you knew was negative, that you knew hurt you? But if we don't get into that place with God, 
and allow, as you said, Mother, deliverance to come, to allow that healing to come in and to, to fix that broken heart, to fix that attitude, to deliver you from that, that glass wall that you built around yourself. If we never allow God to do that, then that's exactly what will happen is that cycle will just continually repeat itself over and over and over again. And you'll keep hurting people and the people you hurt keep hurting people. And it just goes on. I've seen it in families just go from generation to generation. I've seen molestation go from generation to generation. And, and, you know, just because nobody stopped, drew the line in the sand and said, no, this will not continue. The buck stops with me. You know, we've got to get to a place in God if we want to truly allow him to use us to better another person's life, to influence or impact another person's life to the glory of God. Because it's not about us getting accolades. We say this all the time. It's not my pat on the back. It's to the glory of God. God said, the pastor said something this morning, and, and it was just, he painted such a perfect picture. Because he was talking about how do you make a horse thirsty, or if you want to leave that horse to water or whatever, you give that horse some salt. And if that horse licks that salt, then that horse is going to want water because now, because of the salt, he's thirsty. And the word of God says that we are the salt of the earth. Our lives should make someone else thirsty for the things of God. Exactly. But we can't do that if we don't allow ourselves to be processed, get out of that place of hurt and pain and bitterness, to the place where we can freely love. You know, we've all had our crosses and still have additional crosses that we bear. But once we get to a place where we learn from the goodness of God, you know, think about this. God said, with loving kindness have I drawn thee. He didn't draw he didn't draw us by beating us over the head. He didn't draw us by condemning us and telling us we were going to hell for everything we did. He did not just belittle us, talk down to us, none of that. He loved us out of our mess. And that is how he drew us to him, is with love. So we've got to recognize that we have that same call on our lives to be drawn, be drawers of others to the love of God, to Amen. the love of God. Amen. You know, praise I, God. Yeah. Got, yeah. Got to, got to. I was, I you was know, studying this past week. I should go ahead, mother. I'm sorry. No, you know, you go. I want you to stay in that vein. I was just on a piggyback on it. <laughs> go ahead. I, I was studying, um, Genesis 1 and 26 this week, in the Message Bible, it just it stood out so profound to me. I mean, I, we all know, you know, the scripture over and over again, we were cre- created in the image and likeness of God, male and female created them, them and all of that. But in the Message Bible, it says that let us make man um, to be a reflection of us that we were created, let me pull it up, because it was so profound, what, what really stood out was that it said that we were to reflect the nature of God, that's what it said, it said that we were to reflect the nature of God, so the only way we can reflect the nature of God um, is to get to know God, but we've got to make sure that we allow the, the healing, um, hold on, I'm trying to type and speak at the same time. Oh, that doesn't really work. Oh. <laughs> this is one twenty-six. Hold on, okay. So my brain is going, but I want—I just want to read this out of the the Message Bible because it, it was just really, really profound to me the way it's. Um, and I love the Message Bible because it just is right in your face. But anyway, it says God spoke. Let us make human beings in our image. Make them reflecting our nature 
so they can be responsible for the fish in the sea, the birds in the air, the cattle, and yes, earth itself and every animal that moves on the face of earth. God created human beings. He created them godlike, reflecting God's nature. He created them male and female. He blessed them, prosper, reproduce, fill the earth. Take charge. Be responsible for the fish in the sea, the birds in the air, and every living thing that moves on the face of the earth. Okay? Yes. And, and I had never seen it before where it was saying reflecting our nature. You know, we hear that we were created in the image of God, but we were created to reflect his nature. We can't do that until we allow him to heal us of our hurt and our pain, and then we can move forward and reflect his love. All right, Mother, I'm done. Go ahead. <laughs> no, that, uh, that's good. That's good because, believe it or not, I was uh, thinking about that scripture, um, Genesis 1 and 26, and you brought it up, and I had to laugh, you know. And, when he, and then he goes down in 31, and he says, and everything that he made, he saw it was very good. But then mm-hmm. he turned back mm-hmm. in, in chapter two and he said, but it's not good for man to be alone when you was talking about, mm-hmm. you know, the wife and the pastor's wife right. and stuff. And there is no, so he made the man a help me. And he didn't make mm-hmm. them, he took them. I've heard a minister say this one time. He didn't take it from his feet for him to trample on her. He didn't take it from, mm-hmm. from his head for her to lord over him. He took it from his right. side that they would walk side by side in side this work side, together, yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. And there's no scripture mm-hmm. per se that talks about the pastor's wife, but there's so many scriptures that talks about what is expected of the woman as the wife, as the mothers. You know, it covers all that. And all that is entailed mm-hmm. in in this relationship that God has made between uh, pastor and, and, and his, that's his title. The title is mm-hmm. he's a pastor, but he's a husband. He's a father. He is, you know, he's all those things too. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. They ha- he has a responsibility to his wife. And, and there's a scripture that a lot of women have a problem with when it says, uh, you know, that be su- uh, subjected to your husband, you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. but he has to be a godly man himself. And subjected to God. He has resp- <laughs> Thank you. He has a responsibility to God first. It's mm-hmm. always God first. My husband used to tell me, Cakes, my nickname was Cakes. He said, Cakes, I love you with all my heart. But my whole heart belonged to God first. Amen. He Amen. comes first. And that's and and he comes first and he came first in my life. He still comes first in my life, even over my children. And then everything mm-hmm. else falls in place. Because God tells us Amen. to seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And mm-hmm. everything else will be added to us. And that is above your husband, above your children, above everything, your job, your nice house, your nice cars that he allow you to have, and you give him the credit mm-hmm. for doing that for you. But uh, And you give him the credit when you got a husband that is a godly man, you give him credit for that too, because every, all mm-hmm. of them are not. That's the truth. Lord knows that's the truth. So, Tanya... Your relationship, just in in and we're just to stay in this vein of influence and to see what God has done in your relationship with you and your mom. How does that encourage you, or what I should say, what effect does that have on you when you think about the things that you're walking through with your own daughters at this point in time in life? Wow, let me just say a couple of things. I remember one. My mom called me one day. I'm driving home from work. And she's like, are you busy? And I said, no. And she said, can you talk? And I said, yes. And she said, first, I want to say, if I've done anything in your life that caused you to walk astray or things not happening right in your life, I want to be the first to tell you I'm sorry. 
I've spoken this many times on the radio because people don't realize that was the first generational curse breaker for me in my life. Hmm. And I remember mm-hmm. another time me calling my mom on the phone and saying, she says, what's wrong? Why are you crying? And I said to her, because I thought at one point in my life that you were the problem of everything that I did. And I realized as a mom now, and I'm you, that you did the best that you could. And I remember her consoling me and loving me through my pain. And that meant everything. You know, I just want to tell whoever's out there, whoever's listening, that, you know, when we pray for things, God hears that eternal cry. And I believe mm-hmm. in my heart that with me, my sisters, whatever the case may be, what we pray for, God has given us, not knowing that it had to be someone that had to go, someone that we love deeply, someone that we love dearly. But I thank God for where he's taking my mother, where he's bringing my mother at the place that she is right now. We laugh, we talk, we can joke. Um, please, 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 please understand when I call my mom and I'm saying something, I have to say, Mom, please forgive me, no disrespect. And she'll say, go ahead, and I have to let her, I just, like, get it all out. And we can laugh. Mm-hmm. So what I'm telling people is that my mom, God has placed her in that level of influence and of grace and honor and favor. And I thank God because I truly believe in my heart that it's such a time as this, that it's a time for a change, not only in my life, my family's life, in different things. My mom is the general, generational curse breaker. She's an elder. Mm. She's a mother. She's a friend. She's a confidant. And I'm going to tell everybody, if you ever tell my mom something, she keeps it to herself. We've talked about that, mm-hmm. and she's told me many a time, better be a peacemaker than a peacebreaker. Mm. And believe me, as a mom over four daughters, um, it, it is not always easy. We all feel differently. We all are all differently. But, again, I say I thank God for who he is in my life and the promises that he made me. And I can see my mother now because at the beginning of the show, long time ago, I wasn't that close to my mother because I was lost. But I thank God for his Mm -hmm. mercy, his grace, his love that's everlasting, and my mom's love for me. That spite of my indiscretions, my things that I've done, she still loved me spite of. Mm Mm-hmm. Amen. And could I piggyback on what Tam just said? Yes, ma'am. Please do. Not only, you know, the mistakes that I made uh, rearing my children, because I really wasn't in Christ like I am now. And I made Mm -hmm. mistakes, but the mistakes I made, I didn't feel like I was above going to them saying, I apologize, you know. But he also has given me another opportunity with my grandchildren, I have 10 grandchildren and 10 great-grandchildren. And mm. he has given me an opportunity to be in their lives and to, you know, not, I can't make up for the mistakes I made with my children, but I can help steer them from making some yeah. mistakes, you know, mm-hmm. because now I, when you know better, you do better type of thing. Yes, ma'am. And uh, mm-hmm. I thank God for that because he is, like you say, he is a restorer of the breach. You know, he will yeah. He will restore all. And he has done that in our family, in our lives, and we're not, still not where we should be. You know, don't get me mm-hmm. wrong. We're not perfect, you know. And, uh, I, and we will never be until we see Jesus, you know. Mm-hmm. But uh, I thank God for where he has brought us from. And I thank God mm-hmm. for where he have us right now. Because the past, if whoever's listening, the past you can't do anything about. You can only build for the future. And he gives us each day, and that is a present. That's why he called it the present. That is a gift. Yes. 
live in this gift and thank God for this gift and try to do it as best you can by the grace of God. Amen. Amen. Very, very well said. I was um, working on a new website that I'm creating for Kingdom Influencers, and God had given me a word yesterday as I was working on it, and this is what it says. It says, do you realize that yesterday, today was tomorrow? (laughs) Okay. Think about that. Yesterday, today was tomorrow. You know, we must understand that everything we do today affects our tomorrow. Because now what we're looking at today as being tomorrow, when midnight comes, it's today, (laughs) you know? So we've got to always be forward thinking and not caught up in the past, you know? Because it just, time just keeps going. We thank God for his eternity. He is an eternal God, amen. But he has given us a space and time in the, the, the millennial of eternity to be here in this earth realm at this very moment to accomplish some things that he specifically created each and every one of us for. He knew everything that each of us was going to walk through as we walked through it before we ha- before it happened. He already knew. And yet Amen. he still said, I want you. Mm-hmm. I want mm-hmm. you. That, that, that like, like, you know, back in the day, that little nappy-headed little girl over there, that's who I want to fulfill mm-hmm. my will. You know, that rebellious child over there that just her parents have thrown up both their hands and said, I just don't know what to do with them. That's that one right there. I want them. I choose them. Because I know that once everything is said and done, they will come full circle to who I am, and I, will tr- I can trust them. You know, I tell people all the time, before I got saved, my weapon of choice was my mouth. I always had a very bold mouth, always, all my life, okay, in school, whatever. Never, I tried not to be disrespectful, but I would still tell you what was on my mind, okay? My mother raised me to respect, okay, and especially around her, I like my grill, I like my teeth, so I just had to make sure, you know, that I tipped what I said, but I still always had the the feeling and the need to say it. What I had no idea through my rebellious years, my adolescence, through the drug years, through all of that, I had no way of knowing that God was using what he had placed in me to shape me and mold me to get me to the place where I could be bold in the word of God and not be ashamed of the gospel and not cower back and be scared to speak what he gives me to say. Had no idea. You know, we don't know, and we have to see that in our children, because a lot of times what we consider um, to be so terrible in our child's lives, and please hear me, now, I'm not saying you don't have some rebellious kids and some kids that you just want to lay hands on and it's not in the name of Jesus, okay? But at the same time, think, pray over that child's life. Don't throw that child to the curb. Pray over that child's life because there's some things that God is working within that child because he's going to use that child mightily. And I'm going to tell you, the greater the responsibility that will be put on that child in the kingdom of God, the more rebellion you're going to see in that child's life. I promise you. Okay. Amen. Because you know what I'm saying? Because God is building that yes. tenacious spirit. Like you said, Mother, you know, you you accounted yourself as being rebellious, but what it was was that you had this this stubbornness and this tenacious spirit to stand. And what God told you to do, you were going to do that in spite of. You see what I'm saying? Yes. It's like yes. in the, yes. the beginning you were saying, no, I don't want to do this. But as you progress and you got to know your father more and you got more comfortable in who you were in him, now you will stand flat-footed with anybody and say, no, this is what God said. Amen. And we will do what God said. You know what I'm saying? Can I, so we had to I go do. through that. Tanya's the same way. 
same way, you know, we mm-hmm. had to all go through our transitional time to get to the place where we are today, where God can use us. And so we're out of time. I told you, Mother, that time would go by really, really fast. You did. <laughs> you you did. Praise God. And I've enjoyed it. And thank you so much for inviting me. Amen. Well, we have definitely enjoyed having you, Tanya. I'm going to let you close out the show and and say your salutations and and whatever you want to say to your mom and all that she has shared with us. I just want to thank God today again just for his mercy and his grace that's everlasting. I'm praying that someone out there that's been praying for a long time, God, hears your deepest, most intimate prayers. Mom, I love you. I thank God for you for everything that you're standing for right now. It has not always been easy, I'm sure, for you. But you let me know as a daughter that I can still endure and I can still hold on. And I thank God for our relationship right now. I love everyone. And I pray God will bless your soul, bless your relationship, bless your family. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Thank you so much, Mother Ray, for coming on and sharing with us. We so appreciate you. And you had such rich words of wisdom and nuggets to share. And we, we're so gracious, grateful for, for what you have graciously shared. So amen. Amen. Praise well, God. guys, that's, that's the end for today. We will, Lord willing, be back with you. Same God time, same God channel next week. Have an awesome week in the Lord. And please share the broadcast. I have no doubt in my mind there's been a lot that was shared over this hour that will be a true, true blessing to others. So God bless you. Have a great week. Keep it real.